Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Bobby Moore and Sir Jeff Hurst The trailer looking at Billy Bones A pound old West Ham Good evening, good morning, or good afternoon. This is more than just a podcast. Podcast! Season 8. 8 years. Episode 5. My name is George. I'm here with Sean. Hello, Sean. Welcome back. Good afternoon, good evening, or good morning, Georgie Georgie. Uh, How was your holiday? Uh, Three things I want to tell you about my holiday. Spent the first night in a police van and a police station uh spent all the stuff in between fighting jellyfish on costa del sol and spent the last night following an ambulance and in the emergency room at costa del sol hospital there you go so it was great nice love a bit Um, of drama me here with nigel hello nigel hello george where are you what are you doing i'm in my office Oh yeah, don't have the same rings. No, no, sorry about that. I've disconnected. <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> I'm here with John. Hello, John. Hello. How are you? I'm wonderful. How are you? I'm good, thanks. What are you doing at this precise moment? I'm in my loft talking to you. Eating Viennetta. Eating Viennetta. Oh, don't talk. Me, me. <laughs> One slice is never enough. One yeah. box. Um, I'll try not to eat it now. I'll be good. This is a uh, West Ham podcast, not a Vianetta podcast. Uh, so we're here to talk about West Ham. Vianetta might be more interesting. I was going to say, oh, I definitely enjoy Vianetta more. Yeah. Um, what happened on Saturday? Let's we start lost. with John. Starting with me. <laughs> Let's start with John. One nil loss against Wolves. Uh, please um, give us your thoughts your analysis, and your expert opinion? Uh, It was rubbish. There you go. Um, It's our first game, George, ourselves, because we missed the the first home game being on holiday at the time. Mm -hmm. So it was that sort of... I don't know. I think it wasn't a nice feeling going back there. It it was weird going back. Every time I go there, I always feel like we're visiting somewhere else. It's not ours. So it was just... You know, it wasn't a very nice experience, but the football was rubbish, unfortunately. And that's it, really, isn't it? I don't really know what's going on. I, you know, we were, <laughs> <laughs> just uh, my expert analysis. What can I tell you? We had no intensity. We didn't, you know, we didn't really create. We, I think we had two opportunities. One really early, and later on, ran out of it, hit the keeper in the face, and then he knocked him out. Um. Pellegrini decided to take Wilshire off, who I thought was having a half decent game and brought on Obiang. So that's that, you know, an hour in, we had two defensive midfielders playing. I thought Fredericks was the first time I'd seen him play. Well, did, we, did, he, did he play at Wimbledon? No, he didn't, did he? No. So, yeah, first time I'd seen him play, he didn't. He looked particularly average. Um, Anderson, you know, we, I saw some glimpses of him at Wimbledon, but. He's 40 million and what I don't know what he brings. 
Um, we just didn't create hardly anything. We had no one working hard, nothing, no one running off the ball. A lot of very static. It was just, it was really, really poor and very yep. demoralising. I agree uh, with so a lot of that. Went there, this, you know, in, you, again, the stadium it was different. You got pick and mix there. The beer's gone up. There's no signs in the ground anymore to do with West Ham. It looks like it's got the the home of the world and your world stage and all this. It's just, I don't know, it's just it was just a pretty poor experience all round. So that's my expert analysis, George. I'm going Thank back you, to my Vianetta. Yeah, um, I agree with a lot of that. I think the the Wiltshire one really confused me because. Um, I thought he looked all right. He, yeah, he, you he know, was he, doing, wasn't he was doing all right. Tearing up trees, was he? But he was defending right. well and making it hard for us. And I think if you need people to unlock defence um, defences, he's one of the best in the league on paper. So keep playing him. I couldn't understand. I mean, Antonio had a really poor game, and I, and I mean, his substitutions were quite late. And I just don't understand the Wilshire for Obiang. So he had Sanchez and Obiang in the middle for the last sort of half hour of the game. And obviously Sanchez did what he did. I mean, he, he didn't look too bad. He, he he didn't look out of place. He didn't look rubbish. But obviously he made the mistake that led to the goal. I mean, Creswell got done, didn't he, for the goal? And it's just, it was just poor all over. No, no. If you think of where we are, three, we went there with three games, three losses. You're at home to a team who's just been promoted. You really thought that they'd be up and at them and try and impress you know, trying, especially the new players, trying yeah. to get some, you know, something to show the new their fans. You know, then but it was nothing, nothing, very demoralising. No. Uh, Ryan Fredericks looked out of place, almost a little bit out of his depth. Didn't, didn't depth, didn't he? Do we think he's nervous, or do we just think he's not good enough? Nigel, what, give us give us your thoughts. Uh, mm, Fredericks. I mean, a 35-year-old right-back called Zabaleta, I think is three times the player he is. Um, maybe a bit harsh on Fredericks, but and perhaps it's because, you know, the old adage is, if you get him from player, he comes over to this country, you've got to give him six months to adapt to playing Premier League football because it is totally different. Fredericks has not really played uh, Premier League football and, and perhaps it's a bit of an awakening to him if he was at mm. Fulham there's a good chance he'd be performing that badly as well I don't know he's playing for a new team now West Ham the couple of times I've seen him I keep wondering was he worth it to be fair I know he was a free transfer but I might be being harsh. You've got to give him time to bed into the team. The problem is he's a new player coming into a new team, a new league with a new manager. But he's walked into a team where perhaps the fan base is fractured. And why that don't affect the performances on the pitch as such. But as soon as anything goes wrong, drags out, you can feel the pressure coming from the stands. Perhaps they yeah. are nervous because they know everything that's happened. We're now a fan base where the manager turns up and says, if you can keep them uh, uh, quiet and everything else, the fans will get on the players' back. And that's, you know, that does happen, doesn't it? As for the game, John said it all. It's not frankly, yeah. I know it's mad to say on a podcast, a bit of me thinks that we really want to discuss it because it was just <laughs> turgid. You know, well, it's just there's nothing positive to say. Right, about right. It. Even at right, even at 0-0, you know, if, forget about the 93rd minute goal. If it was nil nil, I think we'd still be saying the same. It's just that Wolves hadn't scored. Both teams cancelled each other out. It was fairly even, but um, I don't know if you can hear that noise. Sorry, people keep WhatsApping me. Um, oh, it's so oh no, let me turn that off. Sorry. I see. <laughs> so, anyway, <laughs> thank you. Uh, yeah, the, you know, John's old phrase, isn't it? You know, a, a good day out spoilt by the football. Mm-hmm. No, which it was a good day, to be fair, to begin with. Um, yeah. 
We had a nice little beer in the uh, the makeshift supports club. Yeah, didn't we? white post. Well, I had my little walk tonight with the two Americans. Uh, showed them the delights of Canning Town uh, on the Hammers History Tour, and uh, which Andy seemed to lap up one of the Americans. And we finished at the bowling in the bowling pub, having a drink at half twelve with the six others. <laughs> and it was quite at home. Oh my life! What have we done? Sean, you were on a plane for the game. Uh, well, only the first half. I landed. I, I switched on the second half above the clouds. Uh, so as about 10,000 feet, I can get a signal. So I, I started watching the second half. Is that, is that legal? That. I don't think it's illegal. Um, it's advisory. When they tell you to turn your phones off on um, flight mode, it's advisory rather than the legal requirement. Is there any law 10,000 feet in the air? I don't think so. I'm not at, sure. At, at that country's jurisdiction, just because you're flying 10 feet and feet over them, the police, can they nip you? I don't think so. There you go. Um, so I've watched the highlights. I mean, let's start with some optostats, because I know you like optostats. West Ham have lost their first four league games for only the second time in their history. The first time was in 2010-2011 season, when Avram Grant was in charge. He lost all four games, winning the fifth one. But, of course, we were relegated in plum last He's position. He's saying like Nigel we drew the fifth one. Come on. What would you say? Um, Who? Which George? One? George, Me? what were you saying? I, I thought we drew the fifth one, did we not? Against Stoke, I read today. We did draw, draw it, yeah. We've got oh. our first point. We're, we're pointless at the moment. Um, so, I mean, there's a lot of um, parallels with Avram Grant. I mean, remember, Avram Grant came in with he took Chelsea to the Europa League final. He took Portsmouth to the FA Cup final, lost against hold Chelsea. Up, hold up, hold he, up, look. He, when you, no, hang on, let me finish before you argue. Already. He Go took on. him to the Champions League final. Sorry, Champions League okay. final. He took Portsmouth to the FA Cup final to lose against Chelsea. He only lost six games in charge of Israel as a national manager. And who, whichever Israeli club team, he'd won the title like seven times. Um, Just one of those Israeli club teams. So on paper, he was an, he was probably our most experienced manager, taking obviously Chelsea to the FA uh, to the Champions League final. And yet, not long in in January, uh, David Sullivan said, "100% support the manager. He's a nice guy with a lot of experience, and he turn it around." We all know what happened there. I just I just hope history is not repeating itself with uh, Manuel, Manuel Pellegrini. Yeah, I think we all do. Um, um, also, West Ham have lost three consecutive games against Premier League home games against newly promoted sides for the first time ever. Have we lost more games at the, at the Solis Bowl than we've won now? Is that... Must be, surely. I don't know. I'd have to look that one up. And no, Wolves, no. obviously, it was the first win for Wolves as well. I mean, <laughs> you can't... And here's the real problem, right? The record is four, but um, we've lost four. But we play Everton next. Or is it Chelsea? I can't remember which way round. Everton are unbeaten. Two draws, two wins. Chelsea have got all 12 points, all four wins, and then we're playing Man United. There is a very good chance that we may go winless in September and he may lose seven games on the trot. I and think that's a, a real possibility, and that's why next on our running order is the question, how long has he got? Not easy fixtures coming up. No. You know, after those after those games in September, even going into October, we've got Brighton away, yeah. who have started the season well. And then we got Tottenham at home. Yeah. Uh, who, you know, lost at the weekend, but looked dangerous. So could be even to mid-October without a win. I fancy anyone against us at home. I mean, having heard that, that guy, that, that thing about the guy from um, Bournemouth from the radio saying that it's a great place, place to play football. Place football, yeah. It's a great place. He said, because you just know that you can just play your game because there's no atmosphere. So when you've got opposition coming there, it's a great place for them to have a go. It's like a national stadium, isn't it? So they pick up their game, and you, know, we just... you can't blame the stadium for the way we're playing at the moment. I'm sorry, you can't blame it solely. I'm not but it. I think, like, yeah. I think 
I think you can. It does have an effect. I can't think we can deny it. Does not There's no way we can cannot we can ignore the fact that we've not managed to adapt to that stadium and impose any kind of run of form and any kind of you know you know we're going to have a go and probably win at home. Whereas a lot of the times you, you we used to be that way, but we've just never achieved it here. This is our third season now. Yeah. A run of a few bad results. All you bald haters come out again and it's all the fault of David no, no, Sullivan and Golden Karen sure, Brady again. Sure, it's all water under the bridge now, isn't it? We all know. There's no, I mean, but like I said to you, what I said earlier in my piece, then when I said it about the game, just going back there now, having not been there through the summer, you know, you go in there, there's a bar missing. I went around the corner for where there was a bar. That's no longer there. All the beer's gone up. You go there, that's different food. There's different things. There's... The beer that you always got Progress. is no longer there. It's different, different Progress. beers now. But you don't. When you go to football, you just want to know. You want to be. You want familiarity, and you want to feel part of a club. You never you do feel when you go home. there. You never do. You. I never feel welcome going there. I always feel like you know. So you can't go this. You used to stand there, but you're not allowed to stand there anymore. You can't. It's just the, the place is not a very nice place to go and watch a game of football. If we bring it back to football, right, what is it that Watford have done this season with, with you know, four wins, maximum points 12, that West Ham haven't done? Because on paper, Pellegrini is a world-class manager. A lot of the players he's bought are pretty decent. I won't call them world-class. We've spent a lot of money, 100 million. And yet Watford, who haven't spent anywhere close to that, four games, four wins, 12 points, top, close to the top of the table. Bought, they bought well. They've bought well and been managed properly and run properly. But good team spirit. They haven't changed as many players as we have. It's not, it's not a whole new team. Uh, and that's the their, key. That's the, the core key. of their team's still there. Um, they got a new manager. Well, newish, anyway. Maybe not this season, but end of last season, wasn't it? Yeah, but if the, you see, if the if they had invested over the last previous two seasons. They probably they wouldn't have needed to invest so heavily this season. It was the lack of investment over the last oh. two seasons. Oh, I'm am I wrong in that? Change the record. Change the record. Do you know what? Everybody's saying this. I had a grief the other day saying, "Oh, if there hadn't been under investment over the last three years, we wouldn't be where we are." Look, we are where we are. They invested in Pellegrini, who's on ten million pound a year. Uh, by the way, he can oh, he's get. Gonna be, he's going to be expensive to get rid of. Well, no, because he's only a 12-month contract, rolling contract. Uh, Thanks, you, and I hit it out of the ballpark. (laughs) Uh, You should do the... Uh, No, that's... Um, (laughs) And, you know, Pellegrini, you can't... Apart from China, he's he's got pedigree, and no one was complaining when he was appointed, going, oh, no, another shit manager. No one was complaining when we spent 100 million. A lot of people were saying, and I, I, my my words on Pellegrini's appointment, you can't deny it's probably the best manager that we've ever we've ever actually appointed. But it doesn't inspire, does it? It's not an ins- for some reason it just doesn't feel. Who would you? An who would you employ then? If you had a free choice, John, I would have rather. I would, would have rather have had a younger, more. You're going to say Eddie Howe or someone, are you? Yeah, mate, or an Eddie Howe, if he would have ever come to us, or like Brendan Rodgers, we were talking about. You know, even even the uh, what's his name, the guy who went to Everton, he was out of work at the time. You know, where's someone... Pellegrini's future? That's the thing, Sean. Is he, he getting like... tired and old? But you know what? I'm going to tell. I'm writing a blog about this, and I made seven years of age. I made a where, joke where... earlier. Look at it. They've gone. What they've done is, yeah, they've they've taken all the money the club owns. I had a manager, bought all these players, so they've literally gambled everything they own yeah. at the club. And stuck it on black and I mm. the ball don't fall on red. I agree. But let me do you an analogy that I think well, it doesn't matter who you put in that 50% seat. of the chances, it may fall on red. And if it does fall on red, the club is proper. So this ain't shutting the, or bolting the door after the horse has gone. This is stems from the way they've run the club in the past. The lack of underinvestment meant that, yes, it meant they had 100 million to spend in one go. But what it meant is the club was so devoid of talent, 
that that 100 million was spread across 10 players, which is 10 million a player, which actually doesn't really buy your proper quality. I and don't think it matters who you sign. And I, I'm, I'm writing a blog and it's saying, a bit tongue in cheek, it will say, we could have, we could have got, um, Sir Alex Ferguson at retirement, where well, if he's fit enough and medically fit enough, or got Arsene Wenger and, and sign Messi, Ronaldo and some other world class. And do you know what? We would still cock it up because, you know, we're West Ham. It's a West Ham way. It doesn't matter who we bring in, player-wise. Yeah, or which is totally acceptable when you, have, when you weren't, you were not in the soulless bowl when you were promised the world. And that's the bottom line again. They promised us the world, and and it's still not, it's still not happening. They they try at least they have invested. I accept that, and Pellegrini is on paper a decent manager, but again, as I said at the time, it doesn't inspire. And you know when they've really done all of the, or they did forty million, was it forty million on Anderson? Yeah. Seen him twice now, and 30, I can't, thirty-six. I can't, I, I can't see it. I don't, you know. I hope I'm wrong. I hope he settles and he becomes a world beater because he's got to have something, isn't he, for that money? But the only the only positive thing is, look at um, Palace last season. They lost seven games, right, on the they trot. Their manager, though, didn't they? Hang on, seven games, and they they conceded uh, seventeen goals. In fact, in in those games, I don't think they scored a single goal. So they were minus seventeen, and yet they finished eleventh place. You know, Two got their first goals against, against, you. you know they got against. against West Ham. Two-two. <laughs> yeah, I remember. But yeah. it shows that we shouldn't be panicking, and we shouldn't be Are calling panicking, for the Sean? manager. I'm not panicking. No. Are you calling for the manager? Well, look, it's a bit of a slow international week. It's a bit of slow news week. So I've got to play a bit of devil's advocate on Clarence Hugh, yeah? So so one minute I'm sort of running a little bit of questioning the manager. Next minute I'm saying Pellegrini we trust. But that's all part of the, the game to, you know, keep the whole media story going. Well, you have to, uh, when you lose four games on the top, the way Pellegrini has, you have to, you have to be able to question him. Yeah. And what he's doing. Especially when, if he was playing the same players and trying to build a team, you could perhaps see the direction. But he's playing different players every game. So it, to us outsiders, we're not party to his thinking. There don't seem to be a direction. It could be another four or five games till he settles down and starts picking a regular team. By that time, though... We are sitting bottom with one or zero points. How many games has he had, though, Nigel? Are you taking the pre-season? How many games has he had? Well, Should he have some idea by now? That's what made me laugh was Mark Noble's comments, realistically, about last season's pre-season and this season's, because I couldn't see a a lot in there. Sorry about it, my dog's just walked in. Um, I couldn't see a lot of difference. And Noble apparently said, Last season was a joke, and and this season's much better. Well, isn't it funny how we've actually started worse this season? This club ain't being run by like a circus anymore. Yeah. (laughs) Just just to clear up a fact about the stadium, we're still in credit for winning more games than we've lost. Hey! Are we, yeah? Only by three now. Right. It's more than I thought. Can even put it back to... And guess what? We won more games in the first season there, ten, than we than we lost or drew. Well, you know, George, who yeah. comes with us now, he's been there for two years yeah. now. He said he said he's only seen him win twice. Yeah, he's... yeah, probably true. Blimey, he's... we well, are you going to go to Macclesfield Town because we might win that one? No, I'm not going to bother that one. I thought what's the well, Keep the cut run going, lads. Come on. I'm not going to be at a home game until at least October because... Um, Why aren't you going then? Well, because the next game is Chelsea um, yeah. and I'm at uh, George's Stag Do. Yep. And the next game after that is Man United. What, George wants his Stag Do for the Chelsea game. Yeah. yeah we fly back on the... the That's a bit of bad planning. And the Man United game, I'm in uh, Chicago for a wedding. Oh, my life. You jet setter. Yeah. 
So I haven't been in the country for any home game whatsoever, so I think I might have to go to Macclesfield Town. Oh, I'll keep the flag flying, people, don't yeah. I? So Can I ask a question, George, you can, to Sean. each of you? Yeah, but... So it's a, it's a Claret and Hugh poll question, and I'm going to ask uh, each of you. He only asks because he knows we don't read Claret and yeah. Hugh. Go on. Should Pellegrini change his tactics? Funny enough, some people asked, has he got any tactics? But his tactics, if you remember when he first joined, he wanted to play attacking football, keep the possession, play wide, um, and play that high line that... You, that made so much noise at the beginning. Um, Clarence, you, we asked over a thousand people, but I'm asking before I reveal the result, Nigel, what do you think? Should he change it or stick? Stick or twist? Well, watching Match of the Day actually highlighted just how far behind we are the modern day Premier League football. Whether it's the influx or influence of Pep and the pressing game, and Klopp does the same Liverpool the, the forward pressing match of the day's analysis of us showed w- we just walked about. Now, whether that's what the tactics he wants, <laughs> drop deep, or... Shearer called us embarrassing, clueless, and Yeah, but what else. I'm saying is, just with, with ignoring those comments, watch a lot of the teams. Look at Watford. Look at um, Cardiff against Arsenal. The, their attackers was their first line of defence. The, the, one of the teams, Lord, we we just never did that at all. So My question is, seem to be a politician's tactics are wrong or right. not. So he should change his tactics. Well, they're not working, are they? Okay. George? Yeah. Yeah, they're not working. That's my first response. John? Well. Yeah, change. He's got, he's got to do something to, yeah. to get a win. He's got to... I mean, I thought, um, watching it again at the weekend, I thought Barbrainer and Diop actually weren't too bad. I thought they, they looked all right. So, you know, is it time to be a bit more defensive? And Yeah, well, that's 61% agree with you that he should change his tactics, but 39% reckons he should still stick it out and, and carry on with the game and the attacking style and way he's trying to play. Yeah. How exciting. Mm. Uh, we have got next on our agenda to talk about the West Ham United Supporters Club. Now, I've put that on here because I believe there's, it's a momentous weekend for the Supporters Club, isn't it? It is. What's the latest, Sean? You probably know more than I do. Um, so, uh, legally, they've tried to oust the executive committee to get most of the members recognised because, if you remember, there was a vote to dis. Uh, dissolve the club and they 43 people were turned away from the Berlin pub and uh, the the save at our supporters club committee have been fighting ever since to overturn that and they employed a lawyer and spent a few thousand pounds and wrote a 11 page letter the chairman resigned uh, and didn't want to because he was personally uh, threatened with to be sued one person stayed who's not a West Ham fan, who, who is now the sole person on the executive committee, got an email from him today. Pat, his name is. Uh, he's either a Leighton Orient or a Spurs fan. Who knows? He, he, in different papers, he says two different things. But anyway, he has now accepted and recognised all members that signed up before a particular date, which includes all of us. So now there is an AGM. There is, interestingly enough, one of the things on the agenda is a vote of no confidence of the remaining executive committee. So the first vote is to actually sack the remaining executive committee and, and a cooperative member in, in Paul Christmas who remains, and, and I think there's another one uh, uh, if they exist as well, um, of, to vote a new committee in, which is most likely going to be the Save Our Supporters Club, which have already created their own committee and all running running the Stour Place Matchday Bar and have already started the membership up again um and and the and the last thing they want to do is abolish rule 32 or is it 34 i can't remember uh to so no never again can they try and split the assets up uh among the uh members who've been there over eight years um 70 year um organization and yeah well done to the people who've been fightless uh been fighting fearlessly 
for so long to to get this outcome. I must admit, um, at one point, I sort of said to them, I'll give up. It's not worth it. You're never going to change their mind. But they, they ploughed on and be fair to them, they never gave up. And, and they're so close to success. But seriously, like Nigel just said, if you are a member, please go and vote because you don't know how many people go, oh, it's a foregone conclusion, it doesn't matter. There are still people who be- could become quite wealthy and therefore will vote uh, against this. They're not quite wealthy. Come on. Yeah, I think you... I'm gilding the lily, am yeah. I? Gilding the monkey, I was going to call, but yeah, gilding yeah. the lily's probably... Well, they would get quite a few grand. Let's yeah. just say that. Yeah. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. That's what... not wealthy, but in East End terms, that's quite a lot of money. <sighs> Gilding yeah. the lily. Uh, thank you for the update on the supporters club, Sean. Um, I've, I've got next on here, AOB. Should we do FB2QTQT before AOB? What's AOB? Any other business? I want. So he want to do his Super Six and his uh, fancy yeah, league that's, update. That's what I'm kind of there for. Uh, golf day, Nigel. A reminder for you. Oh, the golf oh, day. Oh yeah, I keep forgetting about that. Yeah. Do it now. Go on. So it's international break this coming weekend, which means there's no Premier League football or Championship football. So if you are at a loose end and fancy playing a game of golf, feel free to contact me uh, running a charity golf day for the National Autistic Society, Farrett Branch. We're playing at Bellis Woods Golf Club, which is Averley, Essex, by Lakeside, by Junction 31 of the M25. It's only £30 for 18 holes of golf, bacon rolls, uh, and a... Pie and mash and gravy. Pie, mash and gravy, yes. (laughs) Yes, not liquor for some ham chips or ham and and chip. Yeah, whatever you want to eat. Bread and butter. They'll rustle it up. And and there's like um obviously prizes, but you you know, a percentage of the money goes towards the charity which helps local kids in the Furrock area on the autistic spectrum. A good word. What's your cup? What's your cup? I tell you, I don't get a cup, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Even He's though I'm organising it, I've actually paid my thirty pound. To play too right, so uh, I'm a proper decent human being. Well, Governor. good luck, Nigel. I hope it goes well. So, yeah, so um, get down if there. You're a golfer, people feel free to contact me. Uh, we, we have got someone sort of famous that's coming to play. So, John Parry, I, <laughs> I won't quite call it a celebrity. John Parry, because, uh, he used to be on the Sab. He's quite yeah, famous. Yeah, that's right. So, but yeah, someone because every time I say someone, oh yeah, he's coming down. They go, never heard of him, mate. Like, oh, like LBC Radio, and I, oh no, we don't listen. <laughs> oh, you've got Ian. Um, what's his, what's his name? name? Uh, yeah, the Ian, oh, um, he just got demoted. 
Ian Collins. No. Ian Collins. No, the other one. Oh, who's the one who does the overnight one? Uh, what? Uh, Ian Lee. No, not Ian Lee. Oh, Ian Lee, yeah. No. Oh, hang on a minute. I've, I've just got to look up LBC presenters. I'm sure I know who it is. Oh, it's Nick Ferrari. It's not Sheila it? Fogarty. I know that. It's definitely a man. Clive Bull. Clive Bull. No. It's got to be Clive Bull. No. It's not Ian Collins. I'll tell you what, Steve Allen's quite funny, but it ain't him either. Ian Payne, that's the one I was thinking oh, of. No, Ian Payne on the BBC, he's rubbish. Um, is it Ian Dale? And it's oh. no James O'Brien. I bet it's James oh, O'Brien. I wouldn't have him. Sheila Fogarty. No, I just said it's not her. Anyway, Nigel Farage. It's, Nigel it's Farage. Not, it's not an LBC podcast. Not on, yeah, it's not. It's just not. Uh, it's not interesting. Move on. It's not Eddie Mayer either. I wouldn't have him. Any other business, Nigel? Should we Can do I... fantasy update? <laughs> yes, we've got, yeah. not got a jingle for that yet. Then. Oh no, I didn't. But what did we do last time? You sung one. Fantasy league update. Super six update. Fantasy league update. Super league update. Got that wrong. Got that wrong. You ready yet? No. Oh. <laughs> Every week. Here we go. I can tell a Here stadium story. Oh, oh no, no, shit. Here we go. So, game week four, people, on Fantasy League. Uh, let's go to... I, I can tell you how many points I've got. Not a lot. That's a point. Four. Um, 19. Here we go. This is all live, people. It's all live. Uh... Game week points, 21. I've had a bad week. I've gone dropped down the table to 210 in more than just a podcast league. Number one, Pelly's Heroes. Up from three. Up from up from four into second place. We could have done Pick of the Pops. We'll have to get the Pick of the Pops. Morning, Pop Pickers. Uh, pick of the Pops. Pellegrini's Linguini is up to second spot. <laughs> Stuck in third place, Barton Town FC, by Matt Floyd. <laughs> Down three to four, team name from Kieran Shalhoub. And finishing the top five, Pelly's Green goes up from seven, Stephen Coates. So there you go, that's the top five. What are you down to then, Nigel? I'm down to 200 something. <laughs> What? Oh, no. You were second at one point. No, that's I'm um, that's uh, Super Six. I was second. Uh, I'm trying to find the first presenter. It'll be me. Ooh. Well, none of us are in the top fifty. Uh, are you sure? Yeah. Are you are you sure? Are you sure? Guys, this is riveting stuff, isn't it? Yeah, I'm 21, so I am in there. Oh, 21st. Yeah, have a look, mate. Go back. 50. Hold up. 21. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. At number 21, outside the top 20, top six hammers by Sean Whetstone. There yeah, you go. Got 49 points this week. Top 50, my ass. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. So that's you anyway. Yeah. So Not we doing so well on Super so heroes. I'll just let's look at his team. Let's He's got Alison Moye in goal. <laughs> uh, Azpilcueta from Chelsea. Oh, we've got good points for Marcus Alonso, who I found out today, his father was called Marcus Alonso and played for Spain. And his granddad was called Marcus Alonso and played for Real Madrid that won five European Cups. No way. There you go. There you go. Fascinating fact about Give us the Super 6 update, Nigel. Hold up. Ambrose Mendy, Dick Van Dyke, <laughs> Gino, uh, uh, Wiltshire Am, uh, Salah Salah, uh, Arnautovic, Aguero, and Mitro. There you go. And while doing that, enabled me to log in Super 6. Uh, here we go. Here we go. More than just a podcast. 67 users. This is looking a lot better, people. Uh, in at five, Ben White with 60 points. Up to four, Jonathan Stansfield, 64 points. 
Third, for some reason, me with 66. Second, up into second, Daniel Patnell with 66 as well. I don't know why he's above me. We've got the same points. But still number one is Paul Disney. Sorry, Disley. With 73 <laughs> points. Uh, up. This week's winner, though, was Jonathan Stansfield with 14 points. Well, well um, nicely done, Nigel. Thank you very much. Professionals. It's time ever. for this. It's Facebook Twitter question time. And earlier on, on our Facebook page, for facebook.com forward slash more than just a podcast, I put on there, podcast at seven, one question, are you panicking yet? Answer below or ask us anything else. Well, just over an hour ago, I put that up, and we've got 24 comments, so thank you all what? very much. What? Get out of town. We are I well popular. Shut the front door. Hold up, hold up. My, my mathematics, hold up. 8, 16, 24. That's three times as many listeners as we thought we had. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Michael Malin said, no, not panicking. We're going down. Accept it. Douglas Woodhurst says panic is not the word. Frustrated, I would say, with the application of some players and lack of tactical know-how. Patrick Harris says, is the problem that the players don't have the pace and or talent talent to play his style of football? Well, probably. it's probably partly of that, but he did also choose he was, who he was signing. So allegedly. He did. Clark. Not allegedly, thank you very much, <laughs> Mr. Bucci. Clark Hoy says, not panicking, new systems, new manager, lots of new players, same old moaners. Oh, yeah. Talking about you, yeah. yeah, and John. <laughs> Leon Hyde says, we need to think of this since the Upton Park season, three managers, no work rate, no fitness, no movement, no passing football, can't defend and don't know for our formation. So what is the root of the problem? Three managers, same S... H1T. What is the problem? Sean, technical genius. What is the root what, of the problem? What is the problem? The problem is, what, is what I said, is Rome wasn't built in a day and it will take time to integrate nine players in and a new style of football. And I said it could take up to Christmas. And I said, I hope I'm wrong. But I've been proved right. And I don't think we're going to do very well up into Christmas. But then we'll kick up a gear in the new year. There you go. End of story. We're going to do a palace. David, David White says, I'm panicking. I reckon Sean runs more on holiday than them lazy sods. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I did run quite a bit on holiday. Just uh, Penny, Penny, Penny Southern says, yes, defo panicking. We will get too far behind soon. Hello, Auntie Pen. Oh, is it? <laughs> is it like that, is it? Well, it is. That is me on. <laughs> Steve Crisp says, probably need to go back to five at the back. Midfield not strong enough with four. Arnie up front by himself. Or on his own, he says. Throwing his hands about it. having a strop. Um, Orwello Hammers says, panic from day one after DS appointed a pensioner as beloved friend who just relegated Malaga. What did we expect? Mm. Oh, Gary, negativity. Gary Killington says... I suggest we have a threshold where we can officially panic. Perhaps eight, ten, or twelve games with zero points. Please, no. Well, Sean, Sean, you have a story, don't you? On that, what? didn't one of your senior sources say that no manager could survive how many losses? A senior source under Sam Allardyce said to me, "Right, no manager, no Premier League manager can survive six losses." Uh, straight, you know, back-to-back Premier League losses, no matter who they are and who they play for. And that's not easy to say under Sam Allardyce because with his weight bearing down on you. Yeah. <laughs> boom, boom. Um, Billy Hardy says, Big Sam's rubbing his hands together for that big fat contract come November. What a load of SH1T. The only positive Fabianski and Diop look good. Calm down, Bill. Calm down. That's my nephew, by the way. Robert Jesse says... Nephew, auntie, what is this, a family thing? Yeah, no wonder we've got more listeners. Is whole, whole of my He's invited his own family to listen. <laughs> got to get those numbers up somehow, sure. Yeah, I've got to make myself look good, haven't I? Bring something to the party. I don't know what. <laughs> Robert Jesse says, yeah, I'm really worried that MP is too stubborn to change tactics. Whatever they currently are, it's hard to tell. 
needs to be 3-5-1-1. The players don't seem to respond to him as expected. They all look pissed off. Gary Prince says, The stadium has sucked the life out of me. I no longer feel any excitement or am I able to panic. On the plus side, I've got a feeling we will beat Macclesfield. Come on, you irons. <laughs> Paul Harris says not panicking and not accepting that we'll go down still think that Pellegrini can get them playing if we're sticking with 4-2-3-1 or 4-4-2 who are the best two to bring solidity to the midfield uh, Wiltshire and Obiang Ooh. I know that's Where's another foreigner isn't it solidity it's not Sanchez is it he Who's was he hardly solid well? was he I thought he played well well, he gave the ball away for the goal. Oh, so 90 minutes he played really well. Just that last minute, he let it go. Yeah, well, he was one minute too early, wasn't it? Oh, right, right. Cost us the game, Nigel. Come on. <laughs> I <laughs> know, he did, he did all right. Apart from that cost one. Cost us the game. I think he was playing for Wolves, wasn't he? He's Portuguese. <laughs> Carry on, George, please. Matthew <laughs> Atree, Atree, sorry if I said that wrong. Not panicking yet. But it just feels a little bit embarrassing, though. Still think we'll be okay, just typical West Ham. It's the hope before the season that starts that kills us every time. Spencer Godden says, I was pretty confident walking in Saturday that we will build on the Arsenal performance and gain our first victory. How wrong was I? Effort, application and basic skills all missing from another lacklustre performance meant that by the time I walked out, I really had the major ump. Does the manager give the players a right kick up the arse or is the manager the problem? Answers on a postcard, please. I can't see him kicking anyone up the arse, to be honest. We had that conversation yeah. after the game, didn't we, Dad, about um, yeah. how he's probably sitting at home rubbing his hands together, thinking, oh, one last payoff and then and that's it, and calling it a day. Well, no, that was, that, was, that was a discussion saying that why did he come? He probably thought that. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I can't imagine. I can't imagine him tearing into him. I don't know. You don't know, though, do you? No. The, the um story that sort of leaked that um Hart no. Hart told everyone when he was leaving to get out of there because he was no good. Do you remember that story? That was rumour was flying yeah. about. I also heard that Martin Noble went into the dressing room after the game on Saturday and gave everyone a rollicking rather than the manager. Oh. Uh, do you know who, is it who I heard that? No. John Motson. John, John Motson? I didn't know you were mates. I'm not. I just listened to him on Talk Sport earlier. All right. Talk Sport? Uh, yeah. What, Motty? I thought he was he's tired. On yeah. He's on Talk Sport Paul Turner says, I'm panicking that three years on the stadium still doesn't feel like home and the crowd has very little connection with the players due to the distance from the pitch and this is affecting the performances at Stratford I know Sean loves the stat we have lost more games than one at Stratford Sean can't spin that oh Nigel ah mm. well according to our stats we've won the first season we won 10 lost 5 at home in the Premier League in the second season we won 7 lost 6 so that's plus 6 now, we've lost two, so we're still in credit four games in the Premier League. Premier League? Yeah. But cup games. We lost a cup game. Right? Yeah, but, well, what did we, we lost against City, didn't we? Yeah, but we, we beat Akron and Stanley. We beat Bolton. We lost against Kajagugu. I've forgotten their names now, but I remember that. Kajagugu. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Who else we lost there in the cup? That's about it, really, isn't it? So it might even itself out then. It might be plus one when you throw the cup. We lost to Juventus. Don't know how that happened. Zaza scored. Zaza. Uh, ben Ashelford says, has anyone seen the transfers of MP when he was at City? I'd say only maybe two of them were successful. His choices might be better at previous clubs, but maybe his eye for a player isn't as great first four. Hmm. Aaron James Chicks says, I'm not panicking yet, but it doesn't take doesn't look good at the moment. I think the players need to take a long, hard look at each other. At the end of the day, once you cross the white line, it's down to them. A lot of the new signings look like passengers at the moment. The only bright sign for me is Diop and Balbuena look to be finding their feet. And Fabianski is looking a terrific signing. Yeah, Fabianski look, it does look good. 
Ali Jones says, not panicking as such. It's so West Ham to do this. Only we could and would. He needs to use this two weeks off to get his first 11 sorted and stick with it. Chopping and changing and dropping multiple players from the squad isn't going to help. While they are there, sort out a bit of fire and passion. We look like we hate playing football together. We have a horrible run of fixtures coming up and we better all cross our fingers, toes, that we get our easier run of games with a couple of points. That being said, when do we panic? Ten games, you said, wouldn't you, Sean? Ten games, I panic, yeah. Richard Dodd says, panicking, no. Getting frustrated, yes. Nearly everybody was happy with all the signings and in particular the manager. So we need to do what we do best, get behind the team, close ranks and become the fans that we've become renowned for. Loyal and supportive. Oh, Dodsy, stop bringing up the old days, mate. The bowling's gone, let it go. We're not like that anymore. Uh, yeah, let, let it go, let it go. We're not those fans anymore. We're, we're, we're the averagely, like, we're the universally disliked club now in the Premier League and the fan bases. Everyone dislikes us and just takes the piss now. And we don't care. Are we the new Millwall, Sean? Are we? Are we? Sean's used to it, though. I don't know. It's quite new to us. Well, yeah, sure. <laughs> no one liking it. Taking the piss. Sean don't care. Thick <laughs> skin. Mark Bright says, who knows what to think anymore? If we can't get a win under a supposed world-class manager and spend 100 million, then what the hell do we have to do? Again, the laughing stock of the world, foo- world of football. Do we need to be relegated again and have another clear out? But this time, the squad and board have run out of things to blame now. I just hope this happens to our dear, dear friends Tottenham's if they ever get into their new stadium. I don't think it will. Well, we've got nine on Twitter as well. Sub6 says yes, should panic. Rosanna says not panicking, but slightly concerned given no points yet. And we still got some tough games coming up. Love you guys. Come on, you irons. Oh, thanks, Rosanna. Thanks. Uh, is that is that your sister, Rosanna? <laughs> <laughs> so we got aunties, we got cousins, and now we've got your I, sister. Not, I should have got my brother to battle, say something. But uh, yeah, obviously Sean ain't got any family uh, that like him that listens. So Bobbly Knee says MP just needs to work out what he's going to get out of some players and some lineup selections. I've no doubt we'll figure this out very quickly. I wish I had your optimism. D. Walsk says, Jack looks every penny of a free transfer. Thoughts on his play and who would you have in midfield? I think we covered Jack Wilshere who thought he did all right until he got... He got pulled up. Pulled he wasn't off. spectacular, but he, he wasn't the worst player there. I didn't expect to see Jack Wilshere pulled off. not going to lie. Who pulled him off? Pellegrini. He pulled him off in front of like 50-odd thousand fans. Yeah. That's disrespectful. Wesley Williams says, not panicking quite yet. I think that I'll still stay calm during this next stretch if the team looks good, but if they put out poor performance, then I may worry. If they put out? Propodkin. Propodkin. Pell has to have a serious word about our work rate. Worst teams will beat us simply by working harder if things don't change. Ed Hughes says, generally, we are close to cracking this. Finally, a squad of technical ability. What is currently missing, but improving, is cohesion, communication, and finally that 5% more effort. Mm. And Jay Morris, photographer, Sean, you've replied to him. Eh? Not panicking, but seriously have to question how we can sign a whack of new players and a manager and have the exact same problems on a pitch. I just don't understand it. And then, Sean, you, you use your uh, words of wisdom about Alex Ferguson, Messi. And I did, yes. Yeah. Well, I've got two. Go on, then. Believe it or not, Pete replied. So, Mike Colston said... New manager, new players, but same results. There's only one constant in all this, Nigel, and it's the board. I'll always panic while Sullivan is making the football decisions at the club. I'm with you, Mike. And Bobby Moore, RIP, says, nah. I've always thought we needed to bring in a now clueless geriatric manager back out of retirement to a league and style of play that's moved on with players no other team bid for. What's not to like? <laughs> Hashtag sarcasm. That is. Where'd you get those from? First, because they seem... question time. Well, I got them because I retweeted our tweet. All right, okay. And people replied to me not to the tweet. Well, there's one last one that was sent to me personally from David Moyes, who went ha ha ha. From David Moyes. Yeah, David Moyes. All oh, right. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I got told a story Sunday. Saturday, oh, go on. Go on. About David Moyes. Go on. And a conversation he had with a journalist a month yeah, after joining West Ham. Go on. And said, you don't think I'll actually work for these next year, do you? Really? Who was a journalist? He worked with a son. That's what I'm prepared to say. Andy Dillon? No. I, I ain't going to say, am I? Do you not understand that? It ain't a game. It's, you know, <laughs> East End Vow Silence. When I say, Ms. I ain't going to say, Morgan. it means I ain't going to say publicly. Piers Morgan. What, for the son? Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's Karen Brady. It's Karen Brady. It's Karen Brady. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. All right. Got uh, me. Yeah. Got it's probably her Did fault. you see a daughter? Did you see a daughter at the... Uh... Oh, look at Mr. Pervo getting all excited. What? 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 I'm just saying what? there was what? pictures in the Daily Mail of her daughter. That you shared? What? Yeah. She's grown up to be a fine young woman, is what I'll say. Is she 22? She is 22, yeah. Oh, right. oh, I thought she was younger than that. She might be 21, nearly 22, in a few weeks' time, but she's either 21 or 22. Of course she's a top model, and she did it all off her own back without any... Don't you say anything. Oh, if no. there's one thing that upsets Brady, it's talking about Sophia, her daughter. Oh, so I won't have anything said well, against... Why have you brought it up, then, Sean? I'm just saying, she looks like a fine and, young lady. And why are you sharing pictures of her, then, Sean? Because I wanted to see, you know, see her grow up and uh, see how well she's um, matured. <laughs> so wrong. Uh, are we going to do predictions or, or no, I guess we should, shouldn't we? Because we probably won't we do should. a podcast next week. So next game is Everton away. Sunday, the 16th of September, four o'clock kickoff, live on Sky. What do we think, Nigel? Is it going to be our first point? No. Score, please. <sighs> Lose three one. <laughs> you really struggled with that, didn't you? I did. John, your prediction for Everton away, please. Uh two nil loss. Sean. Uh it will be a loss. It'll be one nil. Yeah, I'm going for a loss two nil. By the way, your mate from Wales has just added another Twitter, Nigel. Well, he lives in England, to be M- fair. But... Marion. <laughs> Marion Williams. I, I, I told the others, and I'll tell you. You can keep calling him that. But he actually sits in block, I think, 114. <laughs> so... is, it, is it a girl or a boy? It's definitely a boy. So I think next time... When I meet him, I will point bah, you out gladly bah, while you're not looking. Bah, yeah. bah. <laughs> We're doomed, Mr. Malwaring. We're doomed, either that or cursed. Who's Manwaring? Captain Manwaring. Manwaring. Oh, Manwaring. You know, Manwaring. <laughs> Corporal Jones. Oh, Corporal Jones. Don't yeah. panic. <laughs> Don't panic, Mr. Manwaring. Mr. Manwaring. Yeah, anyway. I think that'll conclude tonight's podcast. Yeah. So, well, can't well, be just, best I didn't get to tell my 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 stadium story, but that for another day. Well, you you got three yeah, minutes. Can you do it in three minutes? You've got three minutes. Can you do it? For... <laughs> there's only one thing you can do it's... in three minutes, I'll tell you, and it ain't talking. Well, there's been story about the, the stadium E20 is going to go bust, but the only people that is going to harm is going to be the athletics because they're the only one with a contract with e20 west ham foresaw this and they've got a contract with lldc who own billions of assets underpinned by central government because brady put it in the same with the french vinci company uh, ls185 they've got their contract with lldc so the only people it's going to go harm if it all goes bust is is athletics and they could be out the other story is unless their baseball. contract just gets transferred, it won't. It won't happen. It can't happen. The contract forbids it. Baseball, the st- whole stadium is going to be out of action for four weeks. They've sold it for a song. They've rented it out. It's a vanity project by the London Mayor. It, it's going to lose more money, and at the end of the day, it's going to be less music concerts. And who's told you and, this? Um, sources close to the baseball. So, close, so sources close to the baseball. So you've now got yeah. Major League Baseball contacts. Yeah. yeah, I've got M M L B uh people on LMB. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. 
L and MLB and sources close to the MLB are telling you, oh, we're not going to make any money. You know, totally rubbishing the fact that they're doing this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bizarre, isn't it? Yeah, because yeah, I couldn't imagine. I mean, I could imagine sources close to the club saying that, but I couldn't imagine. Oh, but of course, it's the club wouldn't say that because baseball's got nothing to do with them. Yeah. What, what happens in the stadium in the summer has got nothing to do with them. No. They, anyway, they, that's all I had to start. That's say. such a great story. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. Thanks. Well, I'm looking forward uh, to baseball. So that, I'm going to go. Yeah. I'm not. That Lost making event. Today's, tonight's, this morning's Wanderers podcast. Uh, I have been George. Sean has been. Here. John has been. Happy. Ooh. Nigel has been. Happy. Corporal Jones. Thanks for listening. Come on, your islands. Don't panic, Mr. Manning. Come on, you islands. Bye. Come on, Nigel. Tell us who the journalist was. Yeah, it was the. Uh... Some journalist whose name was. Uh, I'm trying to remember where he was now. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.